this episode, we're going to look at our spec rails, which is a testing framework for rails. And while there's nothing wrong with mini tests, I do prefer our spec over mini tests just because I like the syntax a bit more. However, either should get the job done. So to get started, I'm going to create a new Rails application, and I'm just going to call this template, and I'm going to pass a dash T to skip the testing framework that comes bundled with Rails so that we can add in our spec on our own. So the first thing we'll do is add the RSpec Rails gem to our gem file, and make sure that you add it under the development and test group. And once you do this, make sure you run bundle. Then in the console, you can run Rails generate RSpec install, this will create a couple of files for us. It'll create a .rspec in the root of our application. Then it'll create the rspec folder with two files, spec helper and rails helper. And for this example, we will have a user's model with a first name, last name, email, and then a active bullying. And I'm not going to go into too much detail on the spec helper or rails helper, but just know that they do have great documentation and that they are used to extend the functionality of the spec helpers. So anything that is RSpec specific, you can put in the RSpec configuration. And one of the examples of that is like the configuration order where it defaults to random, which means that whenever you run your tests, it'll run them in random order. And that should always be okay. However, if you're noticing or trying to debug an issue, then you may want to pass in a different option to where you can run it in a specific order. And then the Rails helper is a bit more specific to the Rails application side of things. And it also dives into something like use transactional fixtures. And this is going to be that after each test, the database changes would be rolled back. So you're kind of always starting with a fresh test spec. And so for our first spec, I want to test a user model. So we can call Rails generate our spec colon model and then user. And this will create under the specs folder in the models directory. And if this directory does not exist, it'll be created the file called user spec. And looking in this file, you see that we have the require rails helper. And then we have the our spec describe user with the type of model. So if we were working with a controller, it would be a type controller. Or if we were doing a feature test, it would be a type features. And then we can add in our examples. So for our user model, we're going to have two different types of contexts. I'm going to create one context for the test validations. Then I'm going to create another context for the scope tests. And what I want to do is test each one of the individual validations. And then I'll want to also test some scopes. So this is where we get into the test driven development or TDD, where I'm first writing the test and then I'm going to go back and create the functionality. So the idea here is that we have a couple of different user model attributes. We have our first name, last name and email address. And we want to make sure that those are never nil. And then we also want to check and make sure that we can create a user. So what I'm doing here is creating a context and context and describe are very similar. They're actually aliases of each other within the R spec. However, I do like using context in cases where I'm going to encapsulate a bunch of examples that's all relating to one type of idea. In this case, we have our validation test. And then in another context, I'll create a scope test. So for our validation test, I'm going to create four different tests and each one is going to test a different attribute. So we first have our first name, our last name, our email, 
And then we have this just general it should save successfully. And the it helper is basically saying that this is one test, whatever's in the block. And so we can just create a user. And in this case, I'm just going to provide the last name and the email address. We can then test this with expect. And then we expect our user to, we can call equal false. We can then go ahead and create similar specs for our other ones where we have ensuring the last name, where we're providing the first name and email. However, we are emitting the last name and similar for the email presence, where we're providing the first name and last name, but then we are not providing the email address. So we would expect the user save to be false. And finally, for the it should save, we can provide each one of the attributes, the first name, last name, and email, and this save should be true. So back in our terminal, we can call our spec, and this will run all of the tests in the spec directory. So here you see that we got a couple of failures. And if we scroll up to see our dots, we have a FFF dot. And I don't really like the way this is displayed on some cases because I kind of like seeing where it is in the specs. And there is an easy way that we can handle that. Within the .r spec, we can add a line dash dash format documentation. So now when we run our specs, you'll see that it'll actually list out the names as they are running. So we have three failed tests and then one passing test. So we need to go in and make our model adhere to these tests. So within our user model, we can just simply add in validations for the first name, last name, and email. If we save the file and then rerun the specs, we should now get four passing tests. So now we can move on to our scopes. So if you remember, our user model also has this active Boolean and it defaults to true. So whenever a new user is created, those users will be active. And we want to have a scope where we can get all of the active users, but then we can also get all of the inactive users. So within our scope tests, we can create several different users. However, in our multiple tests, we're going to use the same sample data and we're going to want to be able to reuse this. So we can use the before, before each method, and then we can pass in a block, and then we can create our users. So let's say we create three users that are active, and then we'll create two users that are inactive. We can call our two test cases, but we still have a lot of duplicated code that we could have avoided. So one thing that we can do is that we can use the let, and then we set a variable and I'll just call this params. Then we pass in a hash. So we can create a double hash here because we're going to have a hash of our parameters. Then we can call params in each one of these. And for active false, we can just call merge and then pass in our merge parameters. So this should create three active users and then also three inactive users. But I am going to change this to where we are going to also merge and then I'm going to pass in a active true just to make sure that we are getting the correct numbers. And as you go through testing, you'll see this let a lot more. And there is a method that you can pass let or let bang. And the bang means that it'll explicitly run each time before each test, whereas let will only be ran when it's called upon. So for our first test, we can call this should return active users. And then we could say that we would expect the user.activeusers.size, and we would say this should equal three. So then for our inactive user count, we can take the same example, and then we can just say 
we want to return the inactive users, and the inactive user count should equal to 2. So running our tests again, now we get the no method error for the active and inactive users, and that's what we expect. So back in our user model, we can simply just create those scopes, and we'll create a scope for the active users where active is true, and then inactive users where active is false. Back in our terminal, we'll clear the screen and rerun our specs. And now we have all passing specs. And then we can also create a test case for our controllers. So I'll just call Rails generate our spec controller, and then I'll pluralize the users because our controllers are typically pluralized. And this will create the spec controllers users controller spec. And so for our users controller, I'm just going to test the index in the show page so we don't have complete code coverage, and we're just going to test that we get successful responses. So for our index action, we'll just call get index, and we expect the response to be success. This is the same thing as calling response.success. So be success and response.success would be the exact same thing. It's just going to pass the success question mark method onto whatever was expected. So for our show action, we could do something similar where we're going to create a user. And this time we're just calling user.create. So this will create and save the user and return the user object. We then get the show action and we're going to pass in the parameters ID with the user to param. And we would expect the response to be success. And because I did use the scaffold generator to create the users, so we already have our controller action, so I'm actually going to expect these to be passing. However, the point that I wanted to iterate is that we're going to have an incomplete coverage here. So now that we have some tests within our application, I want to know how much coverage do we have, meaning that based on our application and the tests that we've written, do we have good coverage? So would we be able to refactor things successfully and then have good confidence that our code is able to be deployed? So there is one method that you can call in its Rails stats. And this is going to display some pretty cool information, but the thing that we're going to look at is the lines of code for our code, and then the test lines of code, then our code to test ratio, which right now we have about 60% coverage. This has to be taken with a grain of salt because even though you have a lot of lines of code for your tests, that doesn't actually mean coverage. So one gem that I found that I like to use is the simple coverage gem. And this is just a great way that as you're developing to make sure that you have a good coverage of your application. And this typically won't be a problem if you are doing test-driven development because you're always writing the test first before you're actually creating the code. However, in our case, because we did use a scaffold generator and maybe have modified our controllers a bit, we want to make sure that we have adequate tests around the different areas. And to use this gem, it's pretty simple. Within our gem file, we'll just simply add in the simple cov gem required to false, and then we will only include it on our test group. And once you do this, make sure you run bundle. And then in the spec helper file, we'll just add in the required lines, require simple cov, and simplecov.start. So now when we run our tests, we just call our spec as we normally would. It'll run through the test, but then we have this coverage report. You'll see that within the root of our application folder, it created the coverage folder. And then you can see that we're actually getting a difference. So the lines of code ratio is 0.6. However, the actual coverage is 85%. And so if we look at this, 
well, you can see that we have our app models users and we can click on this to actually see what that file is and then see what was covered. And we have 100% coverage there. However, if we look at our users controller, you see that we only have 42.42% coverage. If we look at this, we can see that we still have a few things that we need to test with the new, with the create, with the update, and the destroy. So if we're aiming for a complete code coverage, these four methods would also need to be tested. And as you dive into RSpec a bit more, you're going to find situations where you just need some more references. So one good resource is to look at the RSpec Rails documentation on Relish. They have a lot of different examples, and they also show you how to write and structure the different types of tests, whether they're models, specs, controller tests, requests or feature specs, and request specs are similar to the integration tests. But this should be enough to get you started. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you for watching.